Ich bin ein Start, wo der neue Wort am Parschus war Igash. Das ist ein Kodesh, der Rapsch Zeruf. Er mentioned that Yosef Atzadik sent with the brothers um, Agulas, the wagons, to be Meramas on the Parsha of Egla Arifa. He wanted to make sure that his father, Yankovini, would know that it's him. So he sent to Meramas that we ended off learning about Egla Arifa. So he asks, what is, what's the symbol of the Egla Arifa? Why would that uh, confirm to Yaakov Avini that this is Yosef Atzadik? So he brings an interesting idea that by the parish of Eglarifu we find that the reason why the Ziknai Hu'ir, the elderly of the, of the town where somebody left and he died, and we don't know how, the reason why they have to come and and uh, the whole process that they do the Eglarifu is because um, he brings a Gemurah, like the Kohen Gudel, why the Kohen Gudel goes to Gudel when somebody kills Beshoigik, and it's because the Kohen Gudel obviously didn't, wasn't spell enough that this shouldn't happen. The Ziknai Hu'ir, who see that somebody left their town and got killed in the middle of the way, it must be that we didn't have enough. It must be we didn't do what we should have done. And that's why they have to come now and, and, and look for a kapura, and look for forgiveness for this, for this happening. He says, Yosef HaTzadik knew that Yankov Avini, when he heard that his son Yosef HaTzadik died and got killed, right? he saw that his passing was bloody. Yosef HaTzadik understood my father's probably thinking to himself, I should have been a spouse more. He's probably doing what the Torah says by Eglarifa. I'm taking all the responsibility for not doing what he could have done and, and being mispaul more, especially because he's a tzaddik, was a tzaddik, and we should be mispaul for him. So he was, he was letting him know, Tati, I'm alive, and I'm sending you this, these agulas to show you that I know what you're thinking, and it's time to calm down. You doubted enough, you did what you should, and that you're not guilty of anything um, that you didn't do right. And this was something that Vayar Yaakov is agulas, Vayar is Rishitav is Vatchirich Yaakov Aviyam. When he saw the agulas, that's when he. That's when Yankovini you know, got back to himself and he realized, okay, so I'm not guilty of not doing what I could have done. Now, the Eglarifa alone, we find that it's not only being a spell. It's not only being a spell. Um, Rashi says over there, um, that, you know, that we're, not, we're not assuming that the Ziknaiir actually killed someone, but they have to say that we didn't know that he was leaving and we didn't let him go. We didn't notice him leaving that we let him go without somebody accompanying him on the way. You know, that would also be a taina. It's not only being mispalled. Some people uh, think that, okay, so the only thing, the only thing I can do is be mispalled. Well, that also. That also. But very often, there's a lot of shtadlas you have to make. And when it comes to chinech which is a topic I want to talk about, be'ikr, there's definitely a lot of shtadlas to make. There's a lot of investment to make. And a lot of tefillah to do. And whenever anyone's faced with a situation with children, both uh, preempting and, and then even after the fact, when there are things that aren't so simple, uh, we always have to take Yaakovini's approach not just being self-critical and self-blaming, that's not the point, but it's to learn for the next one, right? The Eglarif, it wasn't just so that they take the blame and walk away feeling bad about themselves. It was that they learn. Okay, next time we're going to be misspelled even more. Next time we're going to look out more for somebody going on their own. And, and that's what Chinuch is about. When, whenever anything happens, it's not to look back and blame yourself. There are people that are always self-critical about yesterday's mistakes. That's not the point. It's all orchestrated from from above, and we know that Hashem runs this world, and it's all just to learn, what can we do better next time, what, can we, what kind of awareness, what kind of uh, investment could we do, you know, to bring out the best of our children with Hashem's help. So with that, let me read uh, parts of a long email, and try to address this topic to the best of my ability. Okay, there by Gruen. It's a continuation of a previous uh, email that was already addressed in a, in, a, in a different share, came in later. I grew up in a house that I guess would be called modern yeshivish, meaning that we had a TV and internet, but yet also felt different than my other friends, which I guess looking back was that we were more yeshivish. Okay, as I grew older and developed um, more temptations and challenges, I unfortunately fell into the horrible trap due to the internet and television. 
after learning how bad different Averis were and how hard it is to stop and how much worse the internet and TV made it, I, I definitely decided that I don't want this in my own home. When I was dating my future wife, we both said that we don't want a TV. I don't remember discussing the internet, but I think the assumption was to survive in the world that, that to survive in the world, we do need it. I'm Baruch married for 10 plus years and I have wonderful children. And the reason I'm emailing is for Eitzah Toiva about my children watching videos. The first problem, as I mentioned, was that I grew up with a TV and the internet, as did my wife, and we both use it as ways to entertain ourselves and relax, which our children do see. I honestly don't remember what we did the first few years when our son was very little, if we let him see videos or not. But the second child already has lots of issues and makes our house a lot of times dysfunctional without a video. Therefore, we've been very relaxed over the past couple of years. When this happened, or when we were trying to decide what to let them watch, at first I was very firm that they should only watch animated kid shows. The problem is that my wife, being that she's a female, doesn't understand the inherent danger for a male, as my son is getting older, to see and view opposite gender and has shown them other movies that she did grow up with. Now these movies are kosher movies, besides for the Koil Isha, all right, the woman, women singing, not to play down the severity of it, just that there is much greater dangers than that, and skips over the parts that need to be skipped. I don't approve of this skipping method and would rather that he not see these movies in the first place. My first concern is the slippery slope this can lead to. He also watches stuff at other people's houses. Also, my wife has pointed out that my negative attitude toward this can lead to our children rebelling against the attitude and going further into the internet because of it, which obviously we do not want, as much as I've tried many times, but I'm unable to control my attitude. From my end, I do let him watch sports, but I ask him not to watch the commercials. Am I being hypocritical or not? Okay, I'm leaving out another part of another similar disagreement, uh, husband and wife. Now, I personally am trying to work on myself in my own struggles in these areas about what to watch and things like that. I did recently buy a kosher phone, but I still use other devices at night to, re- to relax with, so I'm not completely, I have not yet completely made the sacrifice, but making strides. I'm not sure... Mm, okay. How is the best way to navigate a situation where my children, and again, especially my sons, are already watching videos who are, and, and getting older and the safe stuff are becoming boring and they want to watch other stuff? Is it okay to watch mostly kosher videos and skip the parts that need to be skipped? For instance, uh, my son tells me about certain things that his, that his classmates do watch them. I previewed it last night and the first episode was very good in terms of being kosher, except for a minute or two where a woman was not dressed modestly. Now the question is, do I skip the part and, and let him watch the rest, or not. I don't want to be a mean parent, but I am very concerned. Please help. Thank you again. Okay, so uh, for those who watch me enough know that this is not uh, my typical uh, question that I address. Um, but that's my point. Whenever I give these disclaimers in the beginning, it's always that the details in the examples aren't relevant. They're not relevant. For some, it's watching videos. For some, it's certain style music. For some, it's certain uh, vacations, some certain trips. For some, it's, uh, you know, everyone has their own thing. Everyone has their own way that they could apply these kind of questions in their own home to their own marriage, I think. And, and that's, what, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm addressing. That's what I'm addressing, not a question. Um, that's first of all. Second of all, I'm happy that I was able to, you know, be clear about what the details of this question is because obviously everything has to be applied appropriately. 
right? Just you, know, you have to know who you're talking to and, and what the answer for that person is. But obviously, it has to be applied to each person in their own way, with their own understanding, with their own standards, with their own um, 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 perspective. Now, a lot of what I'm going to say, I, I want to touch upon three different topics that are all relevant to this letter. Um, I think what I probably might end up saying about all three topics are that you definitely have to have a Rav and a Das Torah and a mentor who you could ask and make sure you're doing the right thing about each topic. And I don't want to sound like a broken tape recorder, aside from the fact that I say it every week, um, but saying it about three separate issues that the bottom line will be to go discuss it with a Rav, well, yeah. But there's much more to it and I want to um, you know, flesh it out as much as I could with a proper understanding of each of these three topics. And like I said, I hope nobody's, nobody gets caught on the the details or the specific application uh, that I'm going to say, you should have said that, you should have said this. You know, try to understand uh, the bigger picture that I'm trying to convey. Now, the problem, let, let's start with the idea of technology. Let's start with the technology thing. Then we'll go on to the chinuch and then the shon bias. Okay, then let's talk about the technology idea. Somebody stopped me in the street once and said that, you know, I like watching your videos, your, your, your classes, because you never talk about technology. Everyone else is making it sound like technology is the issue of the generation and the issue in every Sean Bias case, etc., etc., and you don't talk about that. You're not, you're not busy with that. I almost never hear you mention it. Now, there's truth to it. There's truth to it that I don't talk about it a lot, aside from the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm addressing different uh, topics. I'm not a, it's not Ashkofer class, and, I'm, and nobody is that story in these, in these areas. And I do see other things that bring about problems in Sean Bias other than technology. Not a question. On the other hand, what I, what I do tell people whenever this topic comes up is that Regardless of if technology is the problem or not, it's definitely a problem. It's definitely a problem. As much as people want to debate and, and, and could debate, everyone could debate about if it's the problem of the generation, if everything is only this or, or not everything is this, it's definitely a problem. And this is what this letter writer is, is saying. Growing up in a modern home, um, being exposed to a lot of technology, it definitely um, worsened uh, problems. Not a question. It's not a question. It's not a question. And it's an important point because people get so black and white of it either being the entire problem or I have proof that it's not the entire problem and therefore it's not a problem. No, that's not how, that's not how we, we should see things. Um, it's definitely a problem. Now, if, if the technology is what brings problems or causes problems or without it there would anyway be problems, yeah, it's not, it, it could be. It could be. And even in places where there's less use of technology, there's also a lot of problems. Um, and in relationships in general, there's a lot of other things that cause problems. There was always problems before technology uh, when it came to relationships. But it definitely um, brings about and worsens whatever kind of temptations or challenges people are already dealing with. And uh, that's first of all. Another thing that I want to mention, and, and I think it's one of the pitfalls of technology, for that matter, is that we, we tend to lump some everything together. Um, when you take it apart, and this is an old discussion, again, without going into the detail of the, of the debate in the Svurim, the Gedalias rule. How much should we compartmentalize and differentiate between what's uh, a din, me'ikr dedina, you know, iser mefereshe, something that's prohibited, it's, it's not allowed, a pialucha, and something that's only a chimra or a minig or a masayra or, or something like that, or a geder. Now, one side is that if you're going to be too clear about what you're allowed and not allowed, and people are going to realize that, oh, this is only a minig, this is only a geder, this is only a chumra, then they're going to be makel in all the things that aren't actually prohibited, and they're only going to stick to the things that you're mamash not allowed to do. So it could bring about a problem. On the other hand, some people that don't know that there's a difference between a minig and a chimra and a halucha, what happens is they, they start finding themselves uh, being lenient in certain things that are not really halucha. And they were taught, it's better, 
Uh, but in the meantime, they see it's hard for them. All of the hard for me, you know, I'm going to throw out the whole thing. In the meantime, he was being Mekayim, what it said in Shulchan Uruch, and being Mekayim the Halucha, at least that, and it's a shame that because something else became too hard for him, now he's going all the way and being over on, on Halucha and Adin. So it's a big debate, and, and it's a chinuch question in general about how to see things and how to teach things. But what happens here also when it comes to technology, for example, the, there's, the, there's the different parts of this, and again, it's, it, this is somewhat, um, this is somewhat uh, controversial, somewhat controversial. I'm just trying to take out the part that could be misleading and then cause bigger problems. Right? You mentioned, like almost in passing, almost in parentheses, yeah, the Kol Be'isha part, you know, the, okay, but there's bigger problems. Kol Be'isha, the Pashtas, according to most poets, even if it's recorded, the Pashtas, is, is the Isser. It's an Isser. You're not allowed to hear Kol Be'isha. Right? And, and the fact that there are bigger problems than that doesn't mean that, that it's not so bad. And the fact that you are using the internet, for example, and, and we'll discuss that in a moment, doesn't mean that the Kol Be'isha part is already, okay, so we're anyway, so we're not anyway. It's very important to know how to differentiate between what's not allowed. There are things you're not allowed to watch, not allowed to hear, and that's that's a isim and ferocious. And there's no nobody nobody has the the option to trivialize any isser. We can't say, yeah, but I grew up in this home and my background or whatever. You know, we have a Torah, and the Torah dictates what we do, and and there's no excuses to do something that's prohibited. When it comes to other things, when it comes to other guidelines, it comes to other stringencies, it comes to other you know bumpers and all the things that. Then, yeah, we could discuss about which community and which dastoira and which guidance and, and how we apply it and when it's relevant and which cases can't, etc. It's very important to be able to, to understand that. And very often, part of what technology did to people was that you decide, either, let's say, for example, I don't have internet at all, I don't have a smartphone at all, because it's a terrible thing, I could bring to terrible things, or I have one and, okay, so I have it anyway. It doesn't work like that. The fact that you have something doesn't mean that, the, the, aside from it be, maybe being wrong, but it doesn't mean that, okay, so it's all the same. It's not all the same. No matter how lax somebody wants to be, or no matter how lax somebody's taught to be, it, do, it doesn't mean that he has any more right to transgress an iser. And that's something very important that sometimes you know, people, don't, people don't realize. So, so editing a video for your child, if it means that you're going to be transgressing isurim on the way, which is technically what you're looking for when you're looking through it, that's not something that I could tell you is okay. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the chinach and shon bias and the background and everything else, I don't have the liberty to tell you that it's okay in this circumstance. If it's not okay, it's not okay. And unless someone else tells you otherwise, you know, it's definitely something that I could... Uh, when it comes to watching sports or an animated child video, something that doesn't have the concerns of anything that's mefurish and shochanorich, that's when you could ask someone you trust or someone who you grew up following their guidance, etc., if that's okay or not. Some people will say yes and some people will say no. But not when it comes to anything that's, that's a halucham efereshus. I think it's very important to understand the difference in these situations where everything becomes lumped together between Gedurim and Chimris and Azhuris and Takunis and then Haluchas and, and Iker Dedina. Um, so that's, that, that's one thing that I did want to clarify. Now when it comes to enforcing it at home or with your children or on your wife, that's a separate thing because in that, even when it does come to something that's, that's prohibited, there is an idea, and again, this has to be very carefully discussed and, and uh, dealt with responsibly, of knowing when there's a mitzvah, and again, nothing to do with technology. Everyone in their own home might be watching somebody do something wrong and get the guidance that, and again, this is the part we have to discuss with, with your own Das Torah, uh, yeah, mitzvah, you should, it's better not to say something so the person won't even know what's wrong. Instead of telling them that it's wrong, they're going to do it anyway. That's a halucha regarding toysus yom kapirim. 
The Ramam talks about it. This is a derais of the And sometimes, if it's not going to help, you don't say something. Well, not because it's allowed. And certainly, when it comes to yourself, nobody's tell you, okay, so you're allowed because it's so hard. It's two separate things. And I think it's very important to understand that as well. So, anything regarding understanding the technicalities and details of technology use with yourself, with your children, or anything like that, you definitely want to discuss with a doctor to understand which parts are, are definitely not allowed. Which parts, you know, maybe you'll be guided differently about, and then and then how to apply this at home. Very important. I, I was just trying to give some some understanding and some ideas about it. Um, you know, for somebody who's who's das Torah and the and the and the, the roof or, or whoever it is that they trust tells them that that it has to be avoided at all costs. Any of it, that's what they have to follow. That's what they should follow. Somebody who's, who grew up in a place or, they, or for whatever reason they'll be told that based on your circumstance, situation, or based on whatever whatever your mother believes in, and giving you real Torah guidance and saying this part is okay, this part is not okay, no, go ahead. But it's important to understand what the questions are and how to go about that. Now, let's talk about the chinuch aspect over here when it comes to technology use. Aside from the fact that we're dealing with a generation that's, that's growing up with this and a generation of children that's attracted to this, and aside from the fact that these companies are investing billions of dollars to attract the youth, making it so tempting... There's a general idea, Bechlal, that, that children, you know, children aren't born to only want to do good things, right? You're born with a Yetzirah, and you're attracted to do bad things, and, uh, you know, that, that, that's just how it goes. We should never wonder why kids are attracted to things that aren't good. It's not, there's nothing wrong. There's the story slash joke, I, I think it's a real story, about one of the, somebody came complaining to one of the G'doyli Yisrael and the Rebbes, he said, Something, something's crazy about my son, I'm not, I'm not sure what happened to him. He said, what happened? I don't know, he's dancing with, with women and eating chazerfleisch, eating not kosher meat, and I don't know what happened to him. He, says, he went nuts. So the Rebbe tells him, he doesn't sound like he went nuts. If you tell me that he's dancing with chazairim and eating women, I'll tell you he went nuts. But what you're describing sounds like, okay, you know, this is, this is the Yatzahara. The Yatzahara because people do crazy things. You know, obviously, but to think that something's wrong, is nothing wrong. The fact that your son is very tempted, or children are very tempted, or yourself, for that matter, tempted to be um, watching videos and movies and things like that, there's nothing to wonder about. That's what happens when there's any kind of exposure or bechlal when when you know that's what's tempting. You don't have to wonder. And yeah, if he's going if he's growing up in a home where it's available, and again, I, I maybe it's a community thing. I'm not here to tell you to, to be to be too different from you. I, if he's growing up with this and he's growing up with classmates that are growing up with this, you almost can't expect anything to be different. It's just. And again, it's not only about the computer and the internet and the television. This is every home with their own issues where somebody might be bothered by the fact that, why does my son want this? Well, if, if he's growing up with it or being growing up between people who want something, he's going to want it too. And, and sometimes that's part of life. You can't always, uh, you can't isolate people. You can't, you shouldn't. Um, you know, the, again, story slash joke about the guy who, who comes to the Rav and says, oh, what happened to my son? What do you mean? He went to university and he came back and no longer wearing a beard and payas and a yarmulke. What happened to him? He said, listen, if you tell me you sent him to yeshiva and he came back without, without his beard and payas and yarmulke, I'll tell you something happened. Yes, this very, we, have to, we have to investigate. You sent him to university and he's coming back like this. Okay, you know, to be expected. So again, these are, these, are, these are very normal things that you're dealing with and everyone in their own situation is dealing with similar things. So don't, don't get shocked that you're dealing with it and don't uh, get resentful about it. You just have to learn how to deal with it. And, and of course, for those who want to avoid it more, you know, there's ways to avoid these things, but you can't avoid it when you're in it. That, that's just the point I was trying to make. Now, chinuch in general is, is, is a tricky thing because on the one hand, chinuch is not about results. You're a and what happens, happens. 
and nobody should feel guilty that you know if they tried something and it didn't work. And, and, and not everything's in your hands. Not everything's in our control. It's clear. On the other hand, chinuch has to be applied based on the results. For a person to say, "I'm giving my own chinuch and I don't care. It doesn't matter. This is what I." Chinuch has a lot to do with who you're being mechanuch and trying to figure out and trying to you know have the seat to be able to predict how it's being taken, how it's going to be taken. That's what Chanukah means. You're trying to take into account who you're dealing with and how, how old he is and what personality he has and, and his intelligence level and his capabilities. If you're just being Machanach without any cheshben of how this is taking effect, that's not Chinach. So my point is that when you're dealing with a certain situation and a certain community, a certain standard, a certain exposure, obviously Chinach has to be applied with some kind of application of, okay, is what I'm going to say going to work? I mean, if you come home with big banners about the, the dangers of technology hang it all over your house because you're being mechanach, if, if it's not going to accomplish anything, that's not chinach. And everyone has to know that in, in their own, in their own uh, way. You know, it, it, obviously, if you're going to say something that's going to make your children rebel more, that's not chinach. You could be right, but it's not chinach. So chinach has to be applied in a way that it makes sense to assume with that, the shmaya that, that, that uh, you know, this, it's going to take effect. Another important point that I'm trying to get in about finding the right approach. Another thing that you also mentioned a few times in the email, I left out a few a few of those references of because my wife is a woman and I'm a man and I went through these challenges, I know and I'm more right about what to predict how this is going to take effect. Now it could be in this area you're right. It could be, um, probably for that matter. But but it's just interesting how sometimes people make their personal assumptions. Instead of getting clarity and, and consulting with Das Toyota about what's more right and wrong, very many people base things on their own experience. Now, of course, you should always look at your own experience. You should never ignore your own experience, which Hashem sent you for a reason. But to assume, uh, I'll tell you the four common mistakes uh, that the people who say about themselves, well, this thing didn't, didn't affect me, so, so it won't affect my kids either. That's a big mistake. Just because something didn't affect you or you think it didn't affect you doesn't mean it won't affect your kids. On the contrary, someone will say, this thing affected me terribly, so I can't let my kids do this. Just because something affected you doesn't necessarily mean that it's affecting, that it will affect your children. They might not have that copy-paste um, experience that you had. Very, very general, but very important idea. And then you have the opposite. You have the people who say, well, I went to this, I went, for example, to this cheder, this system. My parents were very strict. I didn't like it, so I'm going to be extremely lenient. You know, based on what, what didn't work for me, I'm going to go the opposite extreme. And then you have the opposite my parents were so lenient and that's what caused all my problems. I'm going to be extremely controlling and, 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 and strict. Very many people take their own experience and they impose it you know, on someone else and, and then, and then you know, they don't always have the, the right results. It doesn't always uh, play itself out the way they felt it on, on themselves. And that's why it's so important to be able to consult with somebody and find the right way and not just decide on your own based on your feelings and your own experiences. Um, in general, most people, aside from their own experiences, everyone, most people are very subjective to their own ideas. The things they believe in are the things they feel are right, and the things that they trust, and the things they want to uh, promote. And you sh- th- there should be some element of knowing how to question yourself, of maybe I'm not getting it all right. Now, you can't be, you can't, uh, you, it's not good for somebody to be um, too, uh, lacking too much confidence, and always doubting himself, but to get clear guidance of knowing how to go about being a your children, um, in these areas, and not only basing it on your own feelings and experiences, that's a very important idea. Another idea, and again, I'm not getting too um, technical with the application because this is something that you know, everyone in their own situation will have to be able to apply better. Um, but another important idea. Chinuch changes as time goes on. And, and, and the, I want to bring out two aspects of this 
point which I feel are very important for people to realize as kids are growing older. On the one hand, one part of this is that when you're starting off, in general, you're starting your marriage, starting building a home, you're starting with your children, you can take the high, the high road, you know, you can take the upper level, and you should. There's no reason not to, unless for whatever reason it doesn't work for you, but you take the high road. You want to implement the, the most amount, the, the highest amount of, of ruchnias and the, the most idealism uh, that you could, that you could, that you're capable of, that, that, that it works around you, but you want to do the best you could. As time goes on, you have to start taking more things into account. As children get older, you have to take more things into account. You, you, the fact that your child has different needs and different desires and different things and different ideas, uh, things change over time. So, of course, when you start off, there's no reason to take all the worst-case scenarios into account and, you know, let's go a little bit the other way because that's something I feel I could take long-term, but why should I do things better? Try the best you could do. Try, start off with the best, the, the best you could do and tweak as necessary if things change on the way. But don't, don't start on the bottom. Don't start with, with things that aren't uh, the way they should be because you know, maybe, maybe it won't work to do it the better way. But that's one mistake. So chinuch changes as time goes on. You do have to take things into account and can't just get stuck on something that you started off with if it's not working. But in general, you start off with the best you could do and then you take everything into account as it comes. And then this, it's more specific when it's one-on-one with children. right? You, you could definitely start off with children a certain mahalach of being mechanach. Whether it's demanding from children, not, not in a controlling way or a critical way, but you know, when children are young, you tell them what to do, you tell them what they shouldn't do, you don't allow certain things. If you can get too liberal with a three-year-old, you're not being mechanach. As time goes on, you have to change your approach also, your attitude. By the time a child gets older, he's accepting less authority, it's hard for him to be told what to do, and you're starting to notice certain patterns about what he does well with, what he doesn't do well with, each child on their own. You have to tweak it as time goes on. So both your, 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 the, the message you're giving might change over time, as you notice different challenges coming up, and both the attitude and the approach you're using and the, and the application also changes over time. So this is also something that as kids get older and you start noticing the challenges, you just have to, you just have to know how to, how to go about it as time goes on and find the best possible way with the right amount of guidance. I was talking to somebody last week also about a similar topic actually about um, technology, about certain exposure that his kids had already, and you know, he felt like maybe the way to do it is just to come home and say that from now on, that's it, cold turkey, everything's stopping, everyone throw out all your devices, and we're not doing this anymore. It doesn't work in real life. It could be right. It could be right that that would be the right thing to do, but it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We know that when it comes to Hanukkah, even even I'm not going to go into it now, but even in Halukha we find that you have to apply things the way it works, and if it doesn't work, you're not, doing, you're not accomplishing anything. So this is just the point here as well. You could be right about the dangers of internet and television. You could be right about your, about your message with your children in this case, and being right won't get you too far. You know, that and the token gets you on the subway, they say, but uh, you, know, you have to know how to apply this correctly. So it's not a question that you definitely want to get a certain amount of clarity and guidance from somebody who can tell you at this point in your life, at this point in your children's life, what's the best approach that will get you the furthest and get them the furthest and bring the most success and not the most damage. So you're right, this could, this could, could cause a problem if it's not done right regardless of what right and wrong really is. And of course, of course, of course, for those who are waiting for me to say it, I think the biggest part of Chanukah, not I think, that's what I'm talking about, to do something yourself and not let your kids do it, is definitely very hyper, hypercritical, if that was your question. Not a question. Not a question. Um, there are things, like I mentioned often, that kids will understand why parents are different and they're allowed to do things differently. And there are things that kids won't understand. And most often it has to do with the fact that you don't either understand it. 
If you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, and your kids are watching it, especially, not that you should do it behind closed doors necessarily, they'll probably know about it too, but it's not a question that anything you want to give over to your children you should be doing on your own first. That is the, the best uh, and, and most, most proven way you know, to have them um, carry on that message. Not a question. Not a question. Sometimes it's too hard, sometimes people can't, but it's not a question that's step number one of being mechanach. You have to have who should be mechanach before the message is given. If you're not in the position to be mechanach, then, then nobody's taking it from you. Now, let me just go on to point number three, which is the Shalom Bayes part. And that is that your Shalom Bayes is important regardless of anything else. Very important. People get stuck on certain things, whether it's a chinuch issue, or it's a personal issue, or it's a Yiddishkeit issue. And the whole relationship revolves only around the disagreement, and only around the conflict, and only around the misunderstanding and difference of opinion. Yishon bias is important. Invest in the relationship. Before anything, before addressing this topic, invest in the relationship. And make sure that it's only becoming stronger as time goes on, and the more opinions you differ about. Not a question. Any kind of debate about right and wrong is not going to help Yishon bias or get you anywhere closer with your wife, or to a better understanding of this. Bechlal, talking about assumptions, again, you, you said something about, we, we discussed before the chasna, we didn't discuss before the chasna. Uh, it seems that you both, that you assumed, or both of you assumed that it's okay. My point is just when I hear those words, I get a little, a little triggered, uh, because many people hold on to these things. I hear people talking 15 years after they got married. We did make up, we didn't make up. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant at this point. If chas v'shalom, your wife's going to bring in a television at home, you're going to pull out the car, but we made up. The point is not we made up, unless you want to do something about it. But just to bring it up in terms of a debate, I'm so right because we made up 20 years ago. It's not the point. We assumed, we didn't assume. It doesn't matter. Don't debate and don't prove someone wrong. Uh, and, and that's that's. I keep on mentioning how how often people make this mistake of proving someone wrong. It just makes it harder for the other person to come across and say, "Oh, you're right." Now I realize that doesn't happen. It's not about being right and wrong. On the contrary, you could agree with your wife that when the kids don't have what to watch, it's very challenging. Their behavior is very challenging. You can agree with her that maybe it's not so terrible, maybe I'm overreacting, maybe my own experience is teaching me something. You don't, you don't have to debate the, the topic. You can be firm about your, your ideas and, and what, you, what you feel is right and that you could, you'll, you'll appreciate if she works along and that you'll really appreciate going with her to get Torah guidance. So again, this is the third time I'm saying this, that you want to get a dance Torah clarity with your wife. It's not a debate about me being right and you being wrong and I'll prove it to you with a third party. That's a mistake people make. I want to go to someone who could tell us who's right or wrong. Nobody wants to go find out who's wrong. And even when they do find out someone's wrong, they'll always come up with, yeah, but you asked the wrong person in the wrong way. And really, that's not, the idea is not right and wrong. The idea is that I don't know if I'm right or wrong. The idea is that you might be right. The idea is that it's definitely a challenge. And I'd really appreciate it if we can get clarity about this because to me it's very meaningful that we have a clear approach and we know we're doing the right thing. I don't want to be too strict with my kids, which might cause them to rebel. And I don't want to expose them too much, which might cause them other problems. What do we do about this? that one should control the other and turn this into a big conflict between the two of you, that, that's a problem. It's not getting anywhere anywhere. That's not a question that's not getting in anywhere. And when you work as a team and you're unified, and your children see a unified approach, you're definitely getting a lot further for both of you. And any improvement in this whole situation or this whole topic, give your wife all the credit, let her feel good for working along, show her how impressed you are, and let, it, let her know that, that any, any, any good chinuch that's coming out of this is all, is all due to her. And I think that's... Uh, you know, that's going to accomplish a lot more. So it's clear that when it comes to Shalom Bayes, it has to be addressed the right way. This, you can't let this get between the two of you and bring the two of you further apart and the children see it and then start siding with one over the other and things like that. This just makes, makes a bigger mess. So aside from the importance of Shalom Bayes, in general, even in terms of the Chinuch, this is so important. And I think that in general, most 
husbands and wives do understand that at some point you do want to consult with a Das Torah, whether it's a Rav or a Shashiva or your children's Manal or whoever it is, and get guidance. The humility and the vulnerability of saying, listen, I might be wrong, please let's discuss it with somebody, will usually get you a lot further than putting your foot down and being tough and turning it into a bigger conflict than it is. And like I started off with, in, in this point alone, there's so much more to agree on and, and connect about, you know, to not let the whole relationship between you and your wife revolve only around this. So, with that said, I, I think that I tried covering the three topics of understanding technology and taking it apart and, and knowing how to be responsible about it and getting that story of clarity about how to go about it in your situation, with your background, in your community, and whoever you f- trust and follow. Um, the chinuch part about understanding children and knowing how to find the right approach with them, doing what works and being a responsible parent. And then the shown bias part, you know, being, being a good husband and wife and coming together in this and, be- and coming out stronger in this coming out stronger in this alone, because you're going through this together, and helping each other through it, and, and helping each other raise the children properly, and all that, I think it's something that's only going to make you um, come out stronger and closer one to another. It's so like we started off with, you know, Zerah Kodesh, you always want to look, could I daven more? Could I do more? Not, not could I have davened more? That's the lesson, when after the fact you say, maybe I should have done more, but it's always about further, could I daven more? Could I do more? Could I protect my kids more? Could I give them a gishmak in Yiddishkeit more? Could I work on my shalom bias more so that they see that Tati and Mami are in this together, that they love them and take care of them? And I yourself, when you look for ways to do more and invest more in your children and do it together with your wife and your husband all at once, and I yourself, you'll be able to see a lot, a lot of nachas from each and every one of your children.